might need some adjusting. Welcome in everyone to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm Glenn Martin here with my co-host James Haskell and of course DK in the background running the sticks. Uh, welcome back to another live edition. We're excited to be here as day three of Ravens mandatory mini camp came to an end today. And Jimbo, we've reached that period in time where there's no basketball, mm-hmm. there's no hockey, mm-hmm. there's no there's no football for the next what four weeks. Only baseball and football is uh, all we're hoping for now is that nobody gets in trouble and nobody sustains any injuries, right? Absolutely. And and uh, I know we'll talk about this in a little bit. We had some scares today. Mm-hmm. Had mm-hmm. some scares today, which seem to have broken right, not broken bad, right? So uh, I'm glad to, to see that that's turning in the right direction. But yeah, at this point, it's all uh, viewing everything under a microscope, speculation, prediction projections contract talks who's happy who's not but there is a ton to talk about Mm -hmm. as there always is in the nfl and specifically with the ravens so i think the way that you know my thoughts glenn just like our show on tuesday talk about like some news and notes of course from the on the field play and then the players that weren't on the field noticeably and then we'll talk about the pressers right i think that those those three big pieces um are going to be really important but one thing i want to do glenn is I want because I realized we didn't just on Tuesday. I want to give some space for a second. I want to talk about the O's a little bit. What? Yeah, I want to talk about the O's. The hell? Yeah. You? Yeah. Well, look. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, I, let me let me rephrase that. I want to give some 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 of my opinions on the O's, but I want to hear you talk to me about the Orioles. Oh, okay, okay. Is, yeah, is, that makes. I have sense. some opinions, but I want to hear you it, it, enlighten me when it comes to the Orioles because I'm still on the fence you know, as far as my viewership goes, but, um, yeah, suck me in Glenn. What am I doing here? Oh, look Whoa, at this. hold on now. Hold on now. Don't, don't, don't make that statement. Um, well, you know, bring, bring me show. in here. Okay. There we go. All right, cool. So I appreciate the graphics change. Uh, so the, the Orioles get back to their winning ways today. They snapped a five game win streak yesterday with a loss to the blue Jays as their pitcher at Braxton and buried like six innings of no hit ball before finally giving up a couple yep. hits so he was just phenomenal uh so the Orioles fell yesterday but bounced quickly back today won their their one o'clock game today four to two over the Blue Jays moving them to 43 and 25 on the season Jimbo I mean mm-hmm. that is just I mean that's just absolutely insane Adley Rutschman has a big day at the plate goes three for five has a home run has an RBI did uh, I see correctly was that beer that he was chugging out of the no, it's a Homer hose. That's uh, all that's right. water. All right. We're all about hydration. All right, all right, yeah, all right. yeah. H2O, I thought, I thought baby. that was like the the beer cup. You know what I'm talking oh, it, about? Oh, it it, it, it it very much so looks like a beer bong, but it yeah. is water, is what they say. H2O, baby. They're preaching right. hydration. So the, jo- the Jordan juice, exactly. This Mike special stuff. Yeah. That's- so uh, he uh, Austin Hayes continues to to just be amazing this year he has a batting average over 300 yep. he had a home run today that extended the league gave him a little bit of breathing room heading into the ninth inning with an eight eight eighth inning solo shot Gunnar Henderson you know only had one hit today but it was a big hit got the right the Orioles on the board for their first run and as he continued his, his just amazing streak really since he's come back from the back injury that it kept him out for a game or two Jimbo, what's crazy about the O's, man, and look, we're going to get into a lot of Ravens talk, so just bear with us here for those yeah, yeah. who are only here for that. But what's what's crazy to think about with the Orioles, they are 
if if it wasn't for what's up what look at my background dude dang dang jimbo (laughs) uh but what's crazy if 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 the dag on tampa bay rays weren't having just this ridiculous season then the only thing anybody would be talking about is the baltimore orioles yep so team in the in the league uh it just so happens they're also the second best team in their own division because the Tampa Bay Rays have just been unbelievable all season. So they're still, despite being the second best team, five games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who are they're thirty one and seven at home, Jimbo. The Rays, yeah, it's insane. So if you put them aside, they're, they're the best team in the league, and I, you know I, I can only hope that the Tampa Bay Rays come back to some to earth in some way. But it's, it's very much so that the Orioles are showing it doesn't matter who they're playing, where they're playing them. I mean, look, the O's are 21 and 12 on the road, Jimbo. Like, this mm-hmm. is a team that's, that is just, you know, they're just ready to – I think they're ready to win now. You know, they're just as good at home as they are on the road. There's no there's no real drop-off. And they, they got so much young talent that if they – they can choose to bolster their, their lineup with either promoting young guys or using some of that – you know, young talent to trade and go get an established veteran, which I think is the more likely path. And and so I'm hopeful that they go, that, that they're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline, Jimbo, because they're, they are that good. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And it's going to be really fun to see this. Okay. As much as um, it's been for Elias, it's been a revelation to have him here. And it's been fun to watch him get it right time after time, after time with a lot of these picks and see these guys develop so quickly in front of our eyes. It's even getting a guy like me excited, but I think at the deadline, this could be a, a moment, right? Like a real moment, depending on what we, where we are, what the strategy is moving forward, and what type of moves he makes to get us to the next step, right? To get us mm-hmm. over the top and things like that. That's, that's going to be really exciting. That's got me excited to watch. You know, August 1st comes around. What are yeah. the Orioles doing? Like you said, they have a lot of chess pieces. What can they do with it, and and how can they best leverage what they have? There's no way no one could beat us in a trade like there. We have so much better of a farm system, right? Than else, that's what's so exciting. Like there, if yep. there's a big fish, no one can outbid us for that big fish unless we just choose to not go right. Unless we like in. our guys. Yep, it's a great place to be in. Absolutely, no um, doubt. No, I'd agree with you 100. I'm excited about the O's. Last thing I want to talk about the O's before we get back to the to the Ravens, of course, is. What's next? What who do they have on the docket? Do you know schedule wise who they got upcoming? What they got going on from a from a, a scheduling standpoint? Let's see here. Well, I know they have they're going to play the Cubs next uh, because it's unique that you know the Cubs are one of those teams that they for for the longest time they didn't even have lights in their stadium, Jimbo, yeah. because they like the nostalgia and the feel of playing play, playing. Even though they've added lights, they still play the majority of their games um, during the day. You know, to kind of keep the tradition alive. So I know that their, their next series is going to be in Chicago playing at old Wrigley stadium. Um, Hot which, and sticky. You better believe that. Oh, is it? I mean, you'd know better than me. I'm not. Uh, oh, dude, let me tell you what we think is hot and sticky on the East coast. Nothing like hot and sticky in the Midwest, man. <sighs> really? I didn't see. I had no yeah. idea. So the skin, the, the, so Chicago is wow. Huh? That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So after they take on, um, after they leave uh, Chicago, they're going to go take on the Tampa Bay Rays. So that, that's going to be a big series. Only a two-game, kind of a truncated series, uh, but it's in Tampa. And so that'll be kind of a nice little uh, little test, little little early season test to see where they're at uh, versus the best team in the league. And then they got a bunch of really winnable games after that. So we'll see what where, where the uh, Orioles are 
you know, end up when it's all said and done near the trade deadline. But I'm thinking that they're going to be right there in the mix. And why not go add a big-time starter uh, to that rotation? I really don't think they need much help from the bats. Like, I think they got the help in the bat from the, you know, in the bats department down on the, on the farm. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, with Grayson Rodriguez's struggles, I mean, he's still struggling to locate down on the farm, which is super disappointing. And I hope he can kind of bounce back. But, um, the, the the arms is the only thing that's got me a little bit. Although they've been they've been pitching well lately. I mean, Tyler Wells has been phenomenal, Gibson. But it just you kind of wonder if do they have that ace? Because it's you know most sports strategy changes when the playoffs comes around. Just like basketball, you know, benches get a lot shorter in the NBA playoffs. You know, they're not playing ten guys in the playoffs. Just in college, the same way. Well, in 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 Major League Baseball, you're not going to see your fourth or fifth starter in the playoffs. Typically, mm-hmm. they're going to run their first, second, and third on short rest because that's their – so the question is, can we compete with the first, second, and third starters of the elite teams around the AL? And I'm not so sure we're there yet. Yeah, well, let's – I'm saying we are, Glenn. I'm saying we are. I like it. Just Trevor like, Bauer, stop it, Tony. Yeah, I know. Even I know that's – Yeah, like, heck let's, no. Let's not even go there. I'm Just pure fandom. I'm saying we're there. And uh, like it'll, be, it. it'll, like it. it'll be fun to see what happens at the trade deadline. But yeah. on to the Ravens as my mm-hmm. – uh, As your green screen, green screen is collapsing around you. Yeah. Worlds are coming – shattering down around you, Jimbo. You can't <laughs> let that screen go. It's like the Wizard of Oz. That's Pay right, no dude. attention to the man behind the curtain. Just so you know, my green screen is balanced on my head right now. <laughs> Literally, I'm balancing my green screen right now. Jimbo, you're, you're giving away too many of the trade secrets. Here. It's okay. It's okay. We're letting you guys behind the curtain. Yep, yep, yep. But, um, but, yeah, we, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to the Ravens, yep. right? Um, yep. You know, third day of, of minicamp, it wasn't so much what was on the field as much as it was, you know, what was spoken in the press conference, at least from me. Uh, now, there were some things on the field that we're certainly going to get into, but um, I guess the best place to start is who wasn't able to participate, yes. Jimbo, and then we'll kind of go from there. So uh, the, the first name that that we're going to get right into after I, I finish this list, J.K. Dobbins, not participating in today's minicamp. Pat Ricard, uh, which we're going to get into for injury purposes, not participating. Odell Beckham Jr., I tell you what, Jimbo, I don't know how you felt when you heard he wasn't participating, but I was certainly thankful to hear the reason. In which yeah. he, for which he wasn't participating. Then Rashad Bateman, of course, no no shocker there. This one had me a little nervous too. Ronnie Stanley didn't participate today. And then neither did Rashad Nichols, Deshaun Phillips, or cornerback Pepe Williams. Again, not yeah. a shocker there. But uh, Jimbo, how worried were you? Or, or first of all, I guess I should ask, when you saw Odell wasn't practicing, did you immediately see why? Or did you just see that he wasn't practicing? Yeah, I, I immediately saw why and just kind of okay. chuckled, right? So it made me... Made me feel a little better, but I'm not too worried about Ronnie. It sounds like you're a little nervous about him, but it just sounds like he got stepped on. Um, and he just decided to, he's dude, I'm a vet. Like, I don't need to yeah. be out there today, you know. Well, I was worried thing. like I was that it could with be Odell. Something worse. Yeah, oh, okay. until I heard because oh, I'm right. like, okay. whoa, okay, why okay, is okay. Ronnie all of a sudden when he's healthy not participating? That kind of had me nervous. And then I heard he got stepped on, but then yeah. I didn't hear anything else. Uh, but it sounds like it was just precautionary with Ronnie. Yeah, I'm actually happy with the precaution that i think i've mentioned this before i think this might be the most precaution that john is encouraging his players to have i think in a long time at least publicly i'm yeah. okay with it not that john is you know tim tibbet or uh tom tip what's frick what's his name thibodeau yeah tibbs yeah and now that he's thibodeau and he's like 
you know, he ruins guys' careers by any stretch. Runs guys into the ground. Yeah. yeah. I.e. my favorite player, Derek Rose, who just ruined his career. Thanks, Tibbs. But um, anyway, point is that I think it's good that that John has kind of come full circle with this. And and I think we may see some changes in in camp. But look, learning from from the past is one of the smartest things you can do. And and getting an F, John has to take some of that, right? Like I understand that's somebody else's job, but oh, for sure. The, the coach ultimately the buck stops with the coach, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, this guy knows everything that's going on in the building. So whatever yeah. F minus was doing, uh, John knew about it. Yeah. John was on board, uh-huh. you know, so he yeah, wasn't sure F- what was stopping it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a hey, shout to Nana, shout to Jimmy. What's going on, chef. Appreciate you coming out last time. Tony, uh, Tanja, appreciate you coming out. Lisa, um, uh, as far as Stanley, I guess, Nana, you missed it. Stanley got stepped on by another player. Yeah. And so for yesterday, um, uh-huh. middle of practice, so he decided to take the day. Um, so it sounds like no big deal. But still, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, but then as far if anyone didn't hear, Odell Beckham Jr. apparently ate a, some bad fish, and it didn't agree with his stomach. Yeah, apparently That's Jimmy Seafood is uh... – is throwing some shade over here because he didn't go to Jimmy's Seafood. He apparently went to buy the Docs Seafood. Well, who said and, he went? Did he say he went to Jimmy's? No, there. No, no, no. What I mean oh, okay. is that Jimmy's wants players going there, right? It's like he wants he, to make it clear, like, hey, look, he went to that place. You should yeah, be here. well, well, he t- well, there's a there's a there's a post about it. it says great day with Odell. Shout out to uh, buy the Docs Seafood restaurant for bringing food to us. And then Jimmy Seafood retweeted it and said, thought you had something special with this tweet, huh? <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah. I like that. I love yeah, the competitiveness. They, they wanted to make it very clear. This was not That's us. good. Yeah, this is not. Wow. Interesting. But first of all, I've never even heard of that place. I mean, maybe they're bigger than I know of, but I've never, I've never heard of them. So I'm surprised he, he, you know, he went there, but, um, what Pat Ricard had hip surgery, which was kind of news to me. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's why he hasn't been participating. He's going to start the the uh, he'll start training camp on the pup list, Jimbo. Um, sure. So apparently, it was pretty, you know, pretty decent surgery. Does this make you think that it's even less likely or more of an uphill climb for Pat Ricard to make this roster? Yeah, I mean, goodness, what do you do with a guy like Pat? Right? I I, I want to know what what. Uh, Munkin is really thinking when it comes to Pat Ricard. You know, I mean, obviously he hasn't seen him play, hasn't seen, hasn't had the opportunity to see him move around and see how mobile he is and things like that. But yeah, I wonder if deep down, if there's already decisions being made or have already decisions that have been made that Pat's kind of known about, or it'll be really interesting. Look, Pat's a fan favorite. Everybody here loves Pancake Pat. Yep. It would be tough if we saw him go, but like you said, it is difficult to see him with a value that you know, high enough that requires him to be on this roster under this new offense. It's just, it's going to be with his paycheck because look, people are saying, well, you know, cause he looks bigger. Apparently they say he looks like he's put on some weight, put on some muscle, which tells me he might be transitioning to a full-time blocking uh, tight end role here. Mm. And maybe his Avenue on the, on the roster. Cause it it does look like that's a bit of a void on the roster. We don't, we we see three pass catchers, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily that, that blocker who's supposed to be, um, you know, ready to help down in the red zone and be that extra tackle and all that stuff. But it's like, man, you're really going to carry four tight ends. And, ah, man, I don't know, man. I, I kind of have my my doubts. But let's let's see what happens. And maybe he'll find – because, look, what I would do if I'm GM, I'm going, I'm not going to pay my blocking tight end, who I'm rarely going to 
really need all that money that Pat Ricard's making as a all pro fullback. I'd rather right. get some, you know, some no namer who can block off the street so I can pay the vet minimum to. I guess it'll, it'll all come down to do they have desires to spend money elsewhere? But yeah, or do they see more value in Pat than we are recognizing? Yeah. You know, yeah, um, really before we get into these camp notes, Jimbo, I think we got to take a second. Um, you know, yeah. it looks like news is breaking today that uh, Ray Lewis, the third Ray Lewis's son who played um, like his father at the University of Miami has passed away at the age of 28. Uh, TMZ is mm. reporting that have not seen a cause of death being reported, but man, I know this is, has got to be just the most difficult time for Ray and his family. I saw some tweets uh, from his, from Ray, Ray Lewis, the third siblings. And they talked about how, you know, he's not in pain anymore. And, and uh, man, it just, I, I can't imagine losing a child. Um, I don't care yeah. if he's a, an adult at this point or not. I'm sure Ray is going through some pretty, pretty tough times. And with, with father's day right around the corner, this is something that unfortunately will probably be a constant reminder every father's day. Mm -hmm. um and so man just it's it's just it really stinks man it just it, anybody dying at 28 is far far too young so yep. man feel bad for for his family his friends and you know yeah all his loved ones yeah 100 uh it's just an unfortunate situation it's just an unnatural thing to watch somebody younger than you that you know what i mean yeah. go before you that uh you know ultimately in his scenario you know it was his son right but whether it's a son or a grandson or cousin, a nephew or something, right? To see someone that much younger than you go when you know they have so much life ahead, it's just just a miserable thing. So, mm. you know, hopefully they find some comfort in whatever avenues, you know, they they uh, they do so to find that that uh, peace. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, that's just a tough one. Well, um, I know Ray certainly has a strong faith, so hopefully yeah. that'll help get him through. Absolutely. Um, this yeah, this insanely difficult time, and it's hard to transition back to the field, but we're going to try and do just yep. that um, and and talk about what we saw on the field before we get into the press conferences. Yeah. Um, also, DK pointed it out, and I guess before we move too terribly past it, Kyle Hamilton did have a brief oh, right. injury scare today, yep. ultimately ended up walking it off and returned to practice and, and ended up making a red zone interception after it. So another scare that looks like it's turned out to be just that, just a scare just a scare and he he was already back on the practice field so shout out to Kyle Hamilton yeah absolutely I'm, I'm glad that one that one was the one that made me the most nervous until I read it all and was like all right yeah uh, yeah we cannot Oof, man that would be yeah that'd be a tough loss but big time um on a good note Charlie Kohler apparently had the best catch of the day today Jimbo I can I can see the smile on Kadri's face right now <laughs> Um, he had a one-handed touchdown catch over Roquan Smith in the red zone. Hey, uh, well, look, that, that can't be new territory to him. All you got to do is throw it up as high as a skyscraper, right? right? Like, it's like when I played basketball against my brother. Yeah, just, it's like, just, just throw, throw it, it high, dude. Like, what do you – you don't even have to jump. Like, Roquan probably could have jumped as high as he wanted, and Kohler yeah. was still going to come down with it, right? So um, – no, that's awesome, though, because this is what we want. This is what we're hoping for, right? Like, the more these guys emerge at the tight end position, the more they scratch and claw to, to compete with Mark and push him forward, the better all three of them are going to be. So this is exciting news, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear it and hope it continues to be the case once the pad comes on and things and things like that. Um, yeah, it's just really exciting stuff uh, to see. Now, 
you think it's that impressive over Roquan? I mean, DK, I know you had some graphic earlier. I mean, we're just it's not like we're talking about Matt Milano, right? I mean, <laughs> we're only talking about he only made that catch over Roquan, right? I mean, I'd be impressed if he made it over Matt, Matt Milano. Milano as, right. As PFF has pointed out, oh my that, gosh. Um, Matt Milano is the best linebacker in the AFC, not the all pro, all world. Um, Pro Bowl, everything else. Yeah, I find that awfully interesting because I know most Ravens fans remember Matt Milano the same way I do. Yeah. Which was collapsing like a folding chair as Lamar put put one of those on him. Yeah. Uh, So I just found that very interesting that Matt Milano was the best linebacker. I mean, he's a good linebacker, but yeah I'll, that, that, I'll tell you what pff does it again man another slight to the ravens they never cease to amaze uh i don't know why i'm still paying them uh but here i am paying them uh yeah this this yeah. is just craziness to me i mean this might be oh this is all of them are just so egregious i don't know i mean i get i think this is even a bit more egregious than the ronnie stanley thing which was also egregious ronnie's not a top 10 tackle tackle Get out of here. That's ridiculous. Crazy. But with him being injured the past two seasons. Yeah, at and, least you and, had something to lean on. Yeah, but this is just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Come it's on. funny to me because Milano just said he he folded like a cheap chair at the prospect of going one-on-one with Lamar Jackson. Like, <laughs> Lamar, yeah, like literally all Lamar did was look left and look right. <laughs> and that's all it took. And he just dropped. Like, gosh, that's, yeah. So that, 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 was, yep. that was just really stupid. I mean, I don't, I don't get that one. It's just idiotic i mean it has to be them they have to have a problem with the ravens at this point right somebody in there hates is some steelers fan maybe they're just trolls man. no it right. couldn't be a steeler fan because they put they put miles garrett as the best edge oh that's and- true yeah which i don't think is the case either i mean as much as i don't like the steelers tj watts clearly the best edge in the afc i don't think it's yeah. i mean i guess he's, he's close but he's ridiculously productive it's it's at insane levels yeah yeah and i don't even like the guy yeah, exactly. I mean, he should, belongs in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, back, I had to I had to throw that little jab. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was well timed, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, because that was absolutely um, hilarious. But it's but another thing I wanted to get your take on the left guard position's been kind of a hot topic, and I know mm-hmm. that um, I think Cordell Woodland said that John Simpson was getting the the, the bulk of the first team reps um, last week uh, with the, or the final OTAs, but. This week, we've been seeing a lot of rookie Sala. La- oh, man. I can't. I, I, dude, okay, just call him Sala. Okay, Sala, the rookie O-lineman from, from uh, Oregon who yeah. was drafted. You know, he played right tackle at Oregon, but he's been getting starting reps at left guard. And from all accounts, he's looked like a starter. Like, when he mm. goes in there, it doesn't look like a rookie's going in there. He's looked good. He's looked athletic. He can yeah. bend his knees. He's got good balance. He's obviously as big as a house and strong. And so I guess my question to you, Jimbo, is do, is this all going to come down to just simply when the pads come on, can he can he handle the physicality of the game? Because that's, that's, that's like exactly my concern. Else. Yeah, that's exactly my concern. Just his overall strength and, and, and ability in his base, right, to avoid – you know, to avoid being bull rushed by these guys and absorb the contact. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that because look, as many guys as we can have in, in the, in the, in the coffer, right. To bring down the, to bring out the best in somebody, we absolutely need it. Uh, so 
look, the Ravens have done a great job at drafting the mid, the mid rounds for those inside uh, offensive linemen. Uh, so I'm not surprised by it, but I am surprised that I, I guess what I'll say is I'll be more surprised if it's, we keep hearing these comments about him. I'll be encouraged, but also a bit surprised because I think that he needs a little bit more time to get some more strength under him um, before he has that role. But look, he just like you said, he played tackle in, in college. So I think being able to move inside and and have superior athleticism in comparison to a lot of other guys that play guard because you have to be more athletic to play tackle mm-hmm. um, is is an immediate advantage. And it might help shorten his learning curve because now he's got less range to, to worry about. You know what I mean? And got guys on both sides of him to help him. So, yeah, well, I, it'll be exciting to see. I mean, like you said, he's as big as a house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we no no lack of size on the O-line, I'm, and uh, I'm encouraged. So that's that's great news. I did not expect to hear that. Right, yeah. I, I think it's the reason he's he's got the lead. Like, we really haven't seen much of Ben Cleveland because he just doesn't have the athleticism needed. Right. So it's like when he was in there, see, the deceiving part is when, he's, when he was in there, when he was forced to be, he graded out well. Mm-hmm. And the reason he graded out so well is because the Ravens eliminated parts of their playbook that he could not do. So yeah. while he was out there, they only ran the plays that they felt like he could actually do. And when they put him in that role, he can look really good in that role. But the problem is it, it eliminated so much of what they could do because he's just not athletic enough to get up and move. Yeah. So I think having a guy who, who, who can move, who also has the, you know, the strength, the toughness, the balance, the bend, all that stuff, um, just opens up a bigger amount of plays that you can actually use. Whereas when Cleveland's in there, it kind of shrinks things down a little bit. Yeah, isn't it crazy? It's just amazing to me that we don't say those things about Falele. We haven't seen those, th- and he's bigger. Know, like he, he just carries it so much different. Ben Cleveland might need to go into like strongest man competition type stuff. Yep, yep. You know, he might yeah, be he too just, big for his own need. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Or for his own good, excuse me. But, but Falele just carries it so much differently. Right? Like it's like just, you always said about them Polynesian athletes, dude, man. Yeah. They're yeah. athletes. Yeah, doesn't matter. The size. Yeah, it just is what it is. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt at all, man. It's just it's incredible stuff. Um, all right. So what other – well, I mean, I, there's some other news and notes from, from the field. What else you got that's standing out to you? I mean, I got some stuff, but um, we'll keep it rolling here. What you got, Glenn? Well, as far as the – it looks like it was kind of a light day. Um, yeah. It wasn't a lot of – of things being asked from these guys. So it was kind of a, uh, as far as on the field, it was, it, it was, it was tough to get a lot of big notes coming out of there. Um, <laughs> but I will say this, the expectations of what everyone's saying is that this defense is going to be so fast. And that, yeah. and I love hearing that because speed is so, I mean, you can't teach it and there's constant, like teams are always looking for how to get speed at every position. They want to get bigger, faster, and stronger. Well, this might be the fastest defense we've seen the Ravens have in a long, long time. And every team is trying to get faster, so you better match it on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And, man, it, it it just seems like this team has got so many good athletes at every – I mean, just look at the athletes they have at edge, at the athletes they have at linebacker in the secondary. There's freaks everywhere on the field from an athletic standpoint, and – Man, that speed I think is going to pay off in the uh, you know in the in the the long the long season that's coming up soon. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I did want to ask you though, Glenn, is um, is this a I, I kind of spring this one every once in a while, but is, is this a something, a nothing, or an everything? This I've now out of two to three days, 
I've seen Andy Isabella's name. Multiple yeah. people. Is that a nothing? Is that a something? Like, he keeps hanging around. You know what I mean? And then last year, we kind of wonder, why isn't he getting used, right? And then all of a sudden, Munkin comes in, a guy that maybe can get more out of him. We all know that he's got this breakout, incredible speed. And in spurts, we've seen moments out of him throughout his career. Like, yeah. is there anything there? Is this a something to you? Is this a nothing to you? Like, I think everyone's written him off that he's not making this team. Where are you yeah. at with Andy Isabella? I mean, I'm kind of in that, that camp with all them when I say, you know, how does he make this team? You know, like, is there I, – I, I don't see an avenue. The only way I would say is if Todd Munkin's offense, he just fits it. Like, Andy Isabella yeah. – that what he needs is a guy that is, you know, just like him. But I would think that on our, on our team, I think we have better versions of him. Like I think, I feel like Devin Duvernay is better than him. Like he's a better returner. I think yeah. everything we've seen from a receiving standpoint. I mean, I remember those first six weeks, Jimbo, he was making play after play from the receiver position until Bateman went down and they had a whole different, you know, attention level on him uh, when, when there was nobody opposite him. So I, I think it's, insanely it, it's a it's a it's a really long stretch to think he can make the team but i don't think it's it i think he's a almost shoo-in for the practice squad and i can't imagine another team going i'm gonna sign him to our active roster so i think he's a, a shoo-in on the practice squad so, so as soon as a return guys needed you know help on special teams and maybe at receiver maybe he'll get a call up but i think practice squads is, is his ceiling fair enough um, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, he could be a dark horse though. Just keep your eye out there. Uh, like you said, if there's a scheme fit and he really is able to fill, you know, fulfill that need, it'll be interesting to see. Um, just as a side note, you, you know, at, just so you guys know, like as we do the show, generally speaking, we'll like, I mean, at least I know I do this. I think Glenn does the same thing. I'll kind of like pop over to Twitter just to make sure I'm not missing anything as, yep. as things move on. Um, uh, I just saw, uh, a clip, uh, the title of a clip from Pat McAfee, a portion of the show today. Now they have a lot of Steelers fans on that on, on that work for the Pat McAfee show, so they're a little biased and and things like that. But Kenny Pickett is incredibly athletic, incredibly all caps. Who said this? This is a clip on the, the of of Pat McAfee and uh, and who's who's the athlete? You know, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Is incredibly athletic I, relative to his peers. Well, now now you're asking a different question. <laughs> Uh, really? But he did have some sneaky quickness and athleticism, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, get out of here with that. Maybe I'm just jaded because our quarterback has more athleticism than yeah. his finger. Like, yeah. just waking up out of bed. Lamar Jackson can wake up out of bed, having slept for an hour, go to McDonald's, eat, like, a, a, a McMuffin and some hash browns, keep his slides on, and still be more athletic than, than Kenny Pickett. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, you know anyway, what? I know DK loves uh, – or. I know he, he watches uh, Chris Sims a lot, and I think I heard Chris Sims say that uh, Lamar Jackson is is like almost as good a runner as Justin Fields, or he's on the heels as a runner as Justin Fields. Wait, wait, that Lamar Jackson is not as good of a runner as Justin Fields. Correct. Did he have like solid? Justin no, he just kind of went. If if I remember correctly, that was actually when he was talking because he ranked Lamar as the number five best quarterback, and he basically said it's the only one like fields is the only one who's bet. And I'm like, to me, yeah, 
nobody's better than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, elusiveness, I don't care. Running back, receiver, put them all up. He To me, he's better than all of them. So, I was yeah. shocked to hear. Now, Justin Fields is a good runner, but. Yeah, yeah I think Lamar's still in a different category. I think Justin Fields might be the best uh, runner for, for, like, you were talking for, like, comparing him to other quarterbacks. But you add Lamar into that conversation, just like you said. Then you have to open the, you have to widen the scope to running backs, yeah. wide receivers. Because Lamar's in a different like a yeah. different sphere of of that conversation. He's better than McCaffrey in the open field. I, I He's would argue with Saquon you on that one. Barkley. That, He's better one. than all of them I, in the open field. I hear you, and I. But the fact that that's even an argument already tells you that no Dude, other. If you look at miss forced miss tackle rate, no yeah. one's close to Lamar. Yeah, that's look fair. at his career and look at forced miss tackle rate. Yeah, He's the best. Yeah, against anybody in the whole league, dude. Yeah, and people say, well. And, and so I, I saw somebody comment when he said that somebody because uh, I saw this stat on Twitter and they said, well, it's easier from a, a quarterback standpoint to yeah Milano. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said when they said Lamar was by far the highest as far as four Smith tackles, they somebody commented and said, well, it's easier to, to run from the run from the quarterback standpoint. And the very next comment was the original poster saying, yeah, the next 12 guys on that list aren't quarterbacks. Yeah. 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 No, so, that's a great point. I'll tell you what, so, you know, you're, 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 I, I, I'll say, yeah, I mean the fact that once again that this is an argument is, is is that he's even being compared to two dynamic running backs that are so incredible in the open field already tells you that no other quarterback belongs in the conversation. The most incredible play I see from Lamar Jackson is you're talking about elusive elusivity. Everyone talks about the Hias Houdini, all those other things. Do you remember the Seattle game? I think they had a it was if I remember correctly, it was either like a corner blitz or a safety blitz, but it was a defensive back that came in off the edge. Lamar had his back to him. Did a full solemn, did a full turn from a stop, right? This guy's running full speed. Did a full 180, right? And then from a stop, outran a guy who, a defensive back, who was already running full speed. Like, that blew my mind. Because you see these guys kind of slip and do these 180s and spin out, like, on, on outside linebackers or, you know, defensive linemen. Not DBs. DBs yeah. are supposed to be, like, some of the fastest guys on the field. Lamar, from a dead stop, just suzu. And was gone. I mean, that was just yeah. So I agree with you. I, I yeah. I think he gets the edge. Yeah, that's just insanity. Come on, Chris. Yeah. You know better than that. Yeah, and I respect. Yeah. I respect Chris's. Uh, he's always been fair with the rankings. I, I don't think he's. Yeah, well, know, that's a worse better. take than saying Kenny Pickett's incredibly athletic. No, you can't <laughs> like he say that. In. He just threw it in. Like to me, it was like kind of just a throw-in. Like they didn't even pause and talk about it. But he was saying it as he was kind of heaping praise on Lamar and right. But, I was like, whoa, that was a little – that was yeah. an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, and then also wanted to quickly mention Tyus Bowser um, should be ready during uh, for training camp. He was working off to the side on the uh, today on the final day. Apparently yep. his knee flared up as he you know was at full speed, and then he had a little knee flare up, so they're keeping him out for precautionary purposes. So, um, yeah, he should be good. But, Jimbo, we got to get into it. Yep, let's do it. It's about time. What the hell – is going on with J.K. Dobbins. I'm seeing now that apparently he's in a bit of a dust-up with uh, Jamison Hensley currently in real time. Really? On Twitter? Is this happening on Twitter? On Twitter. This is, uh, yeah, oh, apparently there's this some... That's what we live for, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there's some beef. Hensley always finds himself in this position, it seems like, with Ravens players. Didn't he have a dust-up with Judon and yeah. uh, somebody else? Uh, yeah, I think he's kind of gotten into it, but... 
it looks like from all indications that J.K. Dobbins, while is he is at the facility, is not participating in the mini camp as he is what's being called a hold. He's doing what's called a hold in. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not he's not away from the facility. He's there. He's ain't doing anything. Um, and you can tell by you know John Harbaugh answering the question that he was a little perturbed about it. Uh, I had it queued up here. Let me see. I think I do. Okay, here we go. Let me, I'm just going to put this up. That way you guys can see. Yeah, and DK has the interview with Viviano. Oh, perfect. Okay, good. Okay, so this was this was Coach's um, reaction to the question of, mm-hmm. you know, why is JK not out there? Why have we not seen him? Is, is there a reason he's not participating? So here's the question. Tell me when it's over, Jimbo, because I can't hear it. I'm yep. sure he gets close to camp. So uh, the time is coming. Let's roll. John, we haven't seen J.K. out there the last three days. Do you have any updates? I really don't. You know, I expected J.K. to practice, and it just wasn't in the cards apparently. So we just get ready for training camp. It's over. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I think you're going to say this already, Glenn, but I think you and I had the same reaction when I, I read this first, and then this was one of the ones, like, I went back and made sure that I understood this and didn't read it differently than it was spoken, but it was mm-hmm. spoken exactly like I thought. Or yep. it, it, like it read, excuse me. And it was just, you know, John is basically saying, I, you know, just like you said, I expected him there. He wasn't there. What the heck? Exactly. Like, he's here. He's right there. Yeah. Not on the field. Yeah. What the heck? You know? And I think that John's pretty smart. <laughs> Sorry. Pablo says, shout out to the single Ukrainian women in your area. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so awesome. That's why DK was saying full screen. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that on the right side there. Sorry about that. <laughs> but no, either way, it, it, yeah. I think that what John does there, I like because I don't know if it's passive aggressive, but he's like, eh, eventually he's going to have to be up at this podium. He's got to answer it for himself. I'm not going to do him any favors. He didn't do me any favors. I ain't doing him any favors. Yeah. I, I, let's see what DK has here because I think he's got something pulled up. I want to. Uh, see what he's got here. All right. All the camps were complete. Um, we didn't see you on the field, but you did say some things on social media about wanting to be a Raven. Where do you stand, JK? What can you say? What the, the thing I can say is I would love to be a Baltimore Raven for the rest of my career. I would love to, cause I love the city. I love the people feels like family here like it feels like home here my second home you know and um i hope that happens <laughs> i hope that happens you're a football player but you have wide-ranging interests and abilities and in many ways you have to be a businessman mm-hmm. do you like the business side of what you do or is it hard the business side is very hard it's very different it's it's different but um, it's part of it. It's part of the dream, and it's something that I'm blessed with to to deal with the business side of that. You know, you saw with Lamar. It's always, it's never, it's never just roses and daisies. It can be hard at times, you know. And it's it's business though, so it's mm. it's part of the dream though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, this is difficult. JK's in a difficult spot because. Uh, we are our team is in transition right mm-hmm. offensively 
And now that, of course, could help him, right, help his value. But ultimately, our team is still in transition uh, from an offensive perspective. And then the running back market is just so uh, devalued right now. Obviously, we saw – we talked to us last – or on Tuesday, Dalvin Cook, 4,000-yard seasons. He's on the street looking for a job, right? Uh, who else? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, is fresh off of – you know, what it got had was banged up last year, still almost broke a thousand yards and had, I think, 1800 yards a season before multi purpose yards, right? Like, uh, or all purpose yards, excuse me. Like, there's a lot of guys out there. Saquon Barkley is he hasn't signed his tenure. Josh, uh, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, uh, hasn't signed his tenure either. So, there's a lot of guys sitting out there, uh, you know, and waiting to see what happens at that position. Uh, certainly the league is not wanting to replicate the quarterback market for each the, running back that hits the wide receiver market the wide receiver like someone's gonna get the short end of the stick right uh yep. and looks like right now it's the running backs um and and so it's not i don't think it's a jk raven thing i think it's you, let me ask you this do you think it has there's any chance that he has he's not all in and all in favor of the the new Munkin offense no no way. Nope. I don't think so. Cause I think he gets more touches. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he gets more touches. Right. Obviously he didn't like Roman. Well, he didn't like not getting the ball, but he may yeah. have liked the offense. He just might not have liked how Roman yeah. had this committee look uh, to almost everything. Wouldn't even give guys drives, you know, even if they were cooking. Uh, but the problem is to me is the JK has no leverage in this. Like what, None. what do what, you do? It's not like, like at least like Dalvin cooks, like, dude, I'm coming off four straight thousand yard seasons. Like what, what is JK's leverage? I kind of, I have my doubts. Chris white says it's hard to pay JK. We don't know if he's our starting running back. Well, I think if he's there, he's definitely our starting running back. Yeah. Yeah. I was Um, trying to interpret this as in like, does he mean Gus is better? Does it mean we don't know because of the offense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wonder just so hard because we don't know what this offense is really going to look like like jk like to me gus is like a a a battering ram like he's a guy you want to give 25 carries to because those last seven eight carries the defense could be having no you know having a lot of trouble getting in front of him still yeah their forearms are gonna be numb yeah it's like is this really the like i just i just want to i can't wait to see how munkin decides to use these guys because it just seems like he was such a good fit for Greg Roman's offense. I just want to see, and I think he's got the potential to really you know, play in multiple offenses, but we just haven't seen it. Yeah. But I do think if JK's healthy, if all of them are healthy, including Justice Hill, that JK is going to be the starter and get the most work. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, ultimately, I think he would be on the field the most. I, th- I think that's without a doubt. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I sometimes I like to, I don't know if I'm any good at it. I like to try and put on my agent hat and think like, okay, how would I counsel JK Dobbins? And maybe this is what would make me not a very good agent. I just don't think aggressive aggressiveness is always the best answer. Like I feel like you can state your case Mm -hmm. and understand that your employer doesn't agree with you at the time. Right. But being detrimental to a team in a team sport. Right. I I think the less he's out there, the less plus I think it, it decreases his chances of having a good season and staying healthy through the season. I think you got to ramp up, right? Like physically, mentally, all of it, you got to ramp up. And then two, if other teams see you pouting, what is that saying about you? 
know what I mean? I don't know what else, what other plays he has. He might feel like this is his only play, but I don't know if I'm his agent. I'd be counseling him to do what he's doing right now. I would say, look, yeah. all you can control is what you do on the field, right? Like if you want, just like, uh, who was it that we had on the show? Wilcox said what Bashadi told him. Dude, like forget the off the field stuff. You want to make money, invest in yourself. Go out there and play and you'll 10X that. Yep. You know, if JK yep. goes out there and he's the best back in the league, you better believe it's the Ravens or somebody else. Dude's getting paid next year. Right. You know, yeah. so it's just a tough, it's a tough one because you, your pride's on the line of a guy like him. You know what I mean? But sometimes you got to out there and control what you can control. And you talked about how, you know, it could rub teams the wrong way. I think you're yeah. right. I think other, other teams could say, well, I don't know if I want to deal with a guy who shows frustration that right. outwardly is not able to. Right. You know, it, it, it seems like when he's frustrated, everyone's going to know about it. And yeah. I think that rubs other teams the wrong way and say, I don't know if I want that headache. And then also when you compare him, you know, to even guys on his own team, you see Kevin Zeitler showed up today, participated. Yep. And he, in fact, did even interviews with the media. And he was asked about, because he wants a new contract too. He's also entering his final year. And they asked him why, you know, why is he there, basically? And he said, well, I love ball. But also, when I'm here, it's my obligation to my teammates to right. give it everything I got on the field. So if I am here, I'm giving it everything I got because that's how I'm obligated to my teammates and coaches to do so. Well, J.K. was there, and I guess he didn't feel those same obligations. Now, I get it that Zeitler's been paid. He's had multiple yeah. contracts in the league. So I, I understand that J.K. is really trying to hit that that first major contract, but I just wonder the timing is so not good. Like, like man, it just seems like the worst time to make this stand. And the Ravens aren't going to budge. Like they're not going to fold. Right. So I, I just don't see he has no leverage, and I just I I don't see the end game. I think he should play, play his ass off, and that's how he gets paid. Yeah, stay healthy, play well. Right. Ultimately, that's that's what you can control. That's what you should do. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, so I, I agree with you. The other thing, too, is we can't forget about Justice Hill in this whole equation. He had moments last year. Where we really saw a lot of things we liked out of Hill. And yeah. I know that it, I, I'm not speaking for myself. I know that you feel the same. We want to see more of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, am I saying that I want him to replace Jake on the field? No. Right. I think Jake is a better player. But ultimately, Munkin's looking at it at depth chart like, all right, well, I got another another tool in the toolkit here in Justice Hill that's got some overlap in skill set. We'll see how we can we can work with that, right? So, and then the last thing I'll say about the scenario that makes it tough is that kind of makes me think of Stefan Diggs. So when Stefan Diggs was with the Vikings, he had moments where he would like pout and be demonstrative and do those things on the sideline, whatever. And it's Stefan Diggs is ultimate competitor, incredible football player. Ultimately, when you go to the Buffalo Bills, everyone puts the blame on Hoogland, you know, with that relationship between Diggs and the Vikings goes to the Vikings, right? Like yeah. it goes, oh, yeah. but then when you see it happening again with the Buffalo Bills, where does the, all of that same blame immediately shifts to Diggs? Because now yeah. you are the common denominator, mm -hmm. right? So this is your one chance to pout because you can't do it again because I guarantee you Diggs is, if they really wanted, I don't know what's going on there, but if they wanted to trade him, Knowing that he is 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 ruffling feathers, the second with the second team now, yep. other teams are much more weary of or much more uh, weary of that, right? Mm -hmm. So no you know this is the a one time card. You can't play this twice, in my opinion. Yeah, and and also you look, you got guys breathing down your neck. Like yep. in this offense, 
I think Justice Hill is going to ball out. But I also think, excuse me, uh, I think there's a chance that uh, Keaton Mitchell could make some plays. This guy is a burner. Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't know, like, if they're going to be, like, more valued as their uh, pass catcher or as a runner. Like, I, I just, like, I, I have my doubts on whether, if everyone's healthy, what the production difference is going to be between Gus and, and Justice Hill. Because I wonder if, like, they're going to they're gonna unlock a beast from the from a pass-catching standpoint from Justice out there. So we just don't know. So I think he should just – man, you just got to put your head down, ball out. Like you said, yeah. that it'll take care of, your, take care of itself. And, and the last thing I want to say about this, Glenn, is that ultimately we want J.K. to be paid. So, like, I think what we're saying is not because we're, like – Pro Ravens anti JK. It's not that. It's that yeah. I I firmly believe that this is the best path for him to get paid, right? and that, like, that might be here or elsewhere. But right, whether it's here or somewhere else. But this is the way you get the bag, is, dude. Yeah, and I don't think how can this lead to more money? Yeah, I, I don't think it ever does. Yeah, I don't get it from sure. here or anywhere. You got to know your audience. You're talking to a bunch of folks who are from two, three, four generations before you, who were from the lunch pail, fall in line, industrial revolution, like you know, rank and file people, right? Whining isn't a thing. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to know who your audience is, who are you selling yourself to, right? Like this is what you're doing. So yeah, it's, it's just a tough one, but um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's move on. I want to talk about Marlon Humphrey, the lights. This is the light side of life, right? Yeah. Marlon Humphrey was cracking me up today. Um, he's talking to Bashadi and also EDC, if I'm not mistaken about Bashadi about, about love got a special one in his life and mm -hmm. that feels like he has a close relationship with his with his uh with his yeah. bosses if you with his direct reports if you will um mm -hmm. but one of the things i want to talk about a couple things with marlon here and one of them is a question from uh our most important viewer that of course being dk um who's of course more than a viewer right like dk runs this whole show but dk wants to know what do you think about marlo's leadership right because he's starting to transition into this vet role um, according to his presser, of course, he spoke to the team. Um, can he be a defensive leader ultimately is the question. What do you think about that, Glenn? Yeah, I, lo I love listening to him talk because he's, 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 he's matured. You know, he talked about how when he came into this, into this team, you know, he had guys like Suggs on the team. He had Weddle on the team. You know, he had, he had vets, like, like leaders, just born leaders and true veterans that taught him you know, how to be a pro and, and they, they taught him what it takes to win. And then he says, he looks around, he goes, damn, I'm the only one, you know, I'm the guy now I'm the one that has to carry the torch and pass down all that knowledge. And I, and I love the message that he sends, you know, it's like, he said, you look at any team and every team's got that core of guys, you know, cause he says, he looks around, he sees, you know, on offense, he sees Andrews and he sees, he sees Lamar and he sees OBJ and on defense, he sees Roe and himself and he sees Owe and Ajabo. And he's like, but every team's got that core and it's really kind of, it's like the work that sets, sets them apart. So um, he said a quote here, he says, I think to win a Super Bowl, you have to put in a lot of time and effort in. You got this big break and you want to hang out with your dog a lot, or you want to hang out with your girl a lot talking about this upcoming time off and he said try to do as much of that as you can because when you come back for training camp we want everyone to put in as much time into football as you can mm -hmm. these days these practices being the nfl it's a very short span compared to the rest of your life and he even talked about himself how in years past he may have not invested as much into into work but he said look the offseason is long enough to spend time with your family 
when it's season time, full focus has got to be on football. And I, and I love that message because he said he shared that with the rest of the team before breaking. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And and uh, people talk about balance in life, and balance looks a lot of ways, looks a lot of different in different ways, right? And this is this is basically to me what he's preaching is just balance. Is that like okay, this you're all in on family. Now you kind of compartmentalize, and now you're all in on ball. And uh, I think that makes it a lot easier for for these guys. So yeah, I think Marlon's going to be a great leader for the team. I think the biggest thing is that Marlon is so bought in on the organization. The, the Ravens love him. He loves the Ravens. He mm. loves the work ethic. Uh, you know, he loves the style, um, obviously loves John and, uh, I, I, you know, I'm so anytime you have a guy that, that, that's that bought in between him and, and Roquan and, and the other pillars they have on the defensive side of the ball, it gets exciting. And so, yeah, I think he can certainly fill into those shoes. You know, Calais is gone, uh, now. And so there's going to be a bit more of a, a, a need for leadership. Even Chuck is gone as well. Another leader on the back end, certainly in his you know, as, as far as DBs go. So yep. uh, Marlon's the guy back there, in my opinion, between him and Marcus Williams, but Marlon is the more tenured guy here in Baltimore. So um, it's going to be really fun to see, man. I, I, I always get, yeah, just like you said, I always get excited to see Marlon, but any nerves when you see him going up with OBJ, any nerves that a brawl is going to break out? No, no nerve. It, although he did mention that OBJ owes him a jab, or he's he's playing. He, he let him know he's going to be he's going to at least throw one jab during upcoming training camp. Who I, wins in a fight for real? Marlon. Yeah, I don't think it's it's close, right? I mean, his dude is diesel. Yeah, I agree. Um, but he's also a super nice guy. So that that you know, but when he's on the field, he's not so nice. So I got to imagine in a fight, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be uh, some yeah. I'd want to tussle with. But. Uh, I, I think I, I can't wait for their camp battles. The only concerns I have is that competitiveness takes over and it gets too like uh, too physical. And yeah. I just don't want anybody getting their legs tied up or anything right. like that, because I think like I fully expect Marlon to take his shots at all these top guys, because I think everybody's going to want to take their shot at Marlon. Like they want to if I'm OBJ, I want the best guard in me because he's going to make me better. If I'm Zay, I want the I want Marlon. I'm Bateman. I want Marlon, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited about – I just think Marlon is such a – like, if you talk about – like, he's the next in that hall of Ravens, like, to me. Like, he's the next guy on defense after – because I think it, after Suggs, like, who's been the next guy? I think it's been him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's the I one agree. to carry on that, that torch for, for, you know, the defenses. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited about him. But I'm also – I liked what I heard from Rock Yassin. Yeah, me too. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that um, he's coming off, you know, probably his two best seasons, right? He's still he's still a very young guy. Mm-hmm. He, he talked about coming here because he spoke with Anthony Averett, you know, former Raven. And I, it's just, I guess it should come as no surprise. I guess it's just like any industry. You know, you're like, hey, where'd you come from? You know, where was your last job? Oh, I was with the Ravens. How was it? And it's just another kind of testament to what the Ravens have built here, how it attracts players. Because I got to imagine a corner with Rocky Sin's age and and his play level, he he could have gone a few places. You know, I mean, everybody needs good corners, and he chose here. Um, and I, I think uh, I think he's going to bring a lot to this defense. I just hope that that because if him and Marlon stay Humphrey, I mean, stay Humphrey, stay healthy, uh, then. Really, everyone else can stay in their lane, but yeah. either one of those two, certainly if Marlon go down, it's going to be uh, oof, it's going to make me nervous, Jimbo. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100 percent there. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Marlo does this year and and, uh, and Rock together. Uh, 
Yeah. The thing that I always forget about Rocky Sin is just like you mentioned, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. And I think a little bit forgotten out there, you know, yeah. by the league as a whole. And I think the Ravens uh, kind of took advantage of that. Funny to see that now Marcus Peters looks like he might just be taking a spot there and, you know, with, yep. with the Raiders, but um, the door still isn't closed. That's but ultimately right. I do feel comfortable with those two, as long as they stay healthy. Now, would I like to have more pieces there? Just like you said, mm-hmm. because two of them could easily go down. Yes. And, you know, we talked about that, but um, you know, I feel comfortable uh, with, with those two there. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what rock can do. And, and uh, you know, I just, like you said, I liked his reasons for signing and this might just be player talk, but you know, just, talking about the legacy and talking about the the culture and things like that is always important to me because it's just a way you buy in and, and uh, you know, and, and really play for the guy next to you. Cause I think unlike other sports, it's really what it takes in football. Um, it's the only way you, it, you know, it really works out. So um, yeah, man. Now I, I don't know if you got anything else you want to go over your chest, but there's one thing I want to go over my chest. That I think was pretty cringeworthy. Um, anybody else see the uh, Jamar chase Pat who, Oh, yeah, I did see that. Really? Dude, have you ever seen a team that's won absolutely nothing talk about so much trash? Like, it's like the Grizzlies almost. Like, yeah, where you've literally won absolutely nothing. You walk around with your chest out like you're the big dog. Dude. Like, chill out. And and, and, come on, the audacity. I mean, look, we're we're Ravens fans. We're Lamar guys. But I I recognize. Come on. Yeah. Like, are you stupid? I mean, come on. Why would you even do that? Why? Like, that means. Yeah. Anyway, stupid. Just wanted to say. Um, But, yeah, the other thing I want to say, too, is happy Father's Day to you, Glenn. Uh, Happy Father's Day to you, too, DK. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. Father's Day is this weekend. Hopefully, you guys have a good one. I know on Father's Day, I'm not cooking, and I'm not gleaming. I know that's right. And, Jimbo, happy Father's Day to you as well. And to you, you, DK. I think – I think one thing that uh, is pretty cool here is that uh, we all, all three of us, I think all love being dads and we take good, pri- a lot of pride mm-hmm. in being fathers. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I, DK's uh, unique in that he's a, he's a girl dad. Um, mm-hmm. And that me and you, I always wish I had a little girl. Uh, it wasn't in the cards for me. Of course <laughs> I wanted my boy, but also <laughs> I was also, you know, hopeful at some point to have a girl. It's not going to be in the cards for me and that's okay. But um, yeah, we all, we all, I think our, most prideful job is is dad, right? Title like, number one, baby. Yep. yep Title yep. number so, one for sure. Shout to all the dads out there. Shout to my father. Uh can't wait to see you July 4th. It's gonna yep. be a great day. Um, I know I know you got one heck of a dad in, in, in Mr. Jim there, Jimbo. <laughs> Mr. Jim. There it is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's a great one. Uh unforgettable. Oh, yeah. So uh shout out to him. But yeah. uh yeah, man. Uh, have a great Father's Day weekend, just like you said, Glenn, to you guys. And then also to um, – uh, wait, what? I'm trying Hold to – Hold on. Know. What did Nana just say? Glenn, Glenn you must add Glenn. and keep your mouth shut. Why? What would I do, Nana? Dang. Why do I uh, keep my mouth shut? I, I don't, I, maybe we're misinterpreting here. Um, but either way, happy Father's Day. Blessed to be a dad, just like you said, title number one. Uh, and uh, have a great weekend to all of you. That's it for us tonight. We'll be back on Tuesday, uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you.